You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, we are back. This is Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. Alex Bashir. And we are excited to have our guest today. He's co-host of the morning show on Compound Media. It's Bill Schultz. Welcome, Bill. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Um, I first met Alex uh, after way too much Jameson, and I don't know if yes. you, I don't know if you remember this, but you you know why I like the intro to this so much. Uh, let me think. Yeah, it was a bad night. Well, we had the uh, ride home. I, I drove you home. I think you, we were talking about. This. I was. It was one of those mornings where you're still a little bit drunk, so you're not like fully aware of your faculties and what's appropriate or not. But sure. I was. I was on the six train coming from East Harlem, and I don't, the name escapes me. But the guy that was in Commando that also played, that also did Warriors, oh, yeah, come yeah. out to play. The fact that I can't think of his oh, name right now. Drives I know. Me crazy. I'm going. I, I, I should have mentioned it before we started. He's got I'm three not, names. That's yes, what it is. and he was on the subway. Oh no shit! And I. I thought, and again, this was me being hungover slash possibly still a little drunk. This was the day after we recorded the weekend sex, or are you talking? About oh no, that? this was years ago. Oh, years ago. Yeah. Okay, okay, gotcha. Um, but again, this is why I love the intro so much. Everyone, I'm sure, bumps into him and does the Warriors thing. So yeah. I thought I would be different. Now again, this is like a subway. He's a little older looking. I go up to him, thinking he was going to play a line, and I just go into my Arnold and I go. Sally, remember when I said I was going to kill you last? <laughs> and I, for whatever reason in my drunken brain, thought that he was going to be charmed by this. Of course oh, he wasn't. Man. And he wasn't like, it wasn't, he was annoyed, but he wasn't pissed off. He looks at me and goes, <laughs> okay, man, okay. Oh. And, and for some reason, I'm like, oh, maybe he didn't hear me. So I see it again. Oh, I go, no. remember when? <laughs> and, then, and then he's sort of like kind of angry. And I don't know if he needed to get off on that stop, but he just was like, all right. And he gets off at the stop. And I'm just sitting there like an idiot. But then I noticed the entire car who had no idea what I was talking about and just thought I was some sort of homeless oh, derelict man. saying, I remember when I said I was killed you last, yeah. goes and switches cars and goes into the other car because they thought that I was just threatening his life. Wow. Oh, because that, they just took it yeah. at face value. So David Patrick Kelly, his name came to me. Thank I you. actually just rewatched Warriors. I, Warriors is a movie that keeps coming up a lot now for some reason. Three first And names. I think it's because New York City is going back to being a shithole. <laughs> Subway started so people are again, people yeah. are reminded of that time. But uh, yeah, he had one, uh, he did a movie. I mean, he he's in 48 Hours. He's in Warriors. Yes. He's in Commando. Uh, always plays like the little shit villain in all Weasel. those movies. A movie that I, I'm dying to do on here, but no one else really remembers, is a movie called Dreamscape. With Dennis Quaid. I don't definitely never saw that. Dennis Quaid. uh, This movie is Inception, which I love, with 80s cheesy special effects, but with a way better plot. So Dennis Quaid plays a psychic who could enter dreams. And the pres the president <laughs> Sorry, of the United States. amazing. The president of the United <laughs> States. Setup. But he's like a scam artist. Like he's using it as a hustle. So it's not real. He's not actually injured. No, 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 no. I'm saying he's using his ability to scam people. He's oh, not he's, okay. he's like kind of a shit about it. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. He was like a child prodigy and like everyone's like, Oh my god, Dennis Quaid, you're amazing. Right. And he's like, oh, man. So the president wants him to enter his dreams because he's having nightmares and he's afraid that it's like you know, the fate of the world is in the hands of the president's nightmares. So David Patrick Kelly plays the villain who can also enter dreams, and he's using it to kill people. So Dennis Quaid has to fight David Patrick Kelly in the dream. Interesting. So I think that's a better pl- 
plot actually than Inception, but they didn't have the technology at that time to do it in the same way. The movie is great. It's a really great 80s movie. Is he good as the main villain, though? Because I always see him as sort of like one of the henchmen. You know, I don't know yeah. if he looks like such a formidable alpha bad guy. Well, but, but, but again, but, but his power is not – he's not fighting Arnold. Well, you know yeah. I mean? His power is intellectual. Oh, yeah, So yeah. In, that, in that regard, he's like actually pretty vicious and I mean, and his performances stand out, especially for being so yeah. in the background. So, so we're yes. not actually doing Commando on this episode. Even though no. <laughs> I'm actually saving it. So the, um, when I first started thinking about this idea for this podcast, I actually wanted to call it um, Guns and Swords. Which I wanted – I like both names. Well, so oh. I, wanted, I wanted to do a, a worst a, name of all. Well, time. I wanted to do a podcast <laughs> That's about such a bad name. Well, I wanted to do a podcast about action movies and samurai yeah. movies and like you know, kind of like you know, You're a little boy, hitmen, uh, sure, yeah. bank robbers, what, all action that, all that figures, stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, and then I met Alex, and he's like, yeah. we got to come up with another name. And I texted my my Good little producer. brother, and he goes, "How about Kill You Last?" And I go, "It's fucking genius." Perfect. I love it. Right so away. my little brother owns Commando. So whenever he comes back to New York, we're going to do Commando together. I'm excited for that. But instead, we're going to do another movie that's also in the intro. Yep. That I love, which is Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, which the original I'm movie. Super excited. Uh, uh, Alex like sent me like fifteen texts one night, being like, "Hey, I was hanging out with Bill Schultz, yeah, and he really <laughs> likes the idea of the podcast, and I think he wants to do it, and he wants to do Lethal Weapon. What do you think?" I was like, "Lethal Weapon is on." Like, I was super excited to do Lethal Weapon. It was one of those things where I was texting both of you at the same time, so it definitely seemed frantic. And you were texting me, "I love Lethal Weapon," and all this information I didn't know because I hadn't seen Lethal Weapon yet. So I'm just relaying it to Peter, and Peter's like, "Yeah, yeah I can't wait." Well, and and guys, it was, you guys were talking to each other. I think it was one you. of those things where you had initially brought up the fact that it was in your intro and stuff like that, because right. I, right. I was like, "Oh, I'll do whatever movie you guys." want to do because uh that decade's sort of a jam i'd say half a sentence into my my uh the idea of our show when i was talking to it uh bill about it he was in oh god yeah yeah, you can't say no to lethal weapon come on (laughs) not maybe lethal weapon four but not lethal weapon well the idea of just doing 80s movies and stuff like you were on board from the start that's the that's the like particularly i was born in 1975 and so i don't remember the 70s i was a child of the 80s and that's just the decade that just really makes its imprint on you as far as film is concerned. That, you know, early 90s maybe, but yeah. you don't get, I, ne- I never got the chills watching a movie mm. like I did in that yeah. decade. Gotcha. It's the same for me. I was born in 79, and I think that with the 90s movies, the memories are more cynical. Yes. It's like going to see Pulp Fiction, and like I feel like I'm bad in a way because I'm sneaking into the theater to see Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Whereas in the 80s with, with Schwarzenegger and Stallone and, and in Die Hard and stuff, it's like they were heroes. you're like rooting for these yeah. guys. There's no – I mean even though the, you know, like, you know, these characters are dark characters even, even still in these movies. They're still – it's not. It's not a cynical like antihero yet. It's the, there's like there's like a little flavor of it, but it's not full on yet. Cartoonishly over the top in all the best ways, and the best way to sort of see the change from seventies to eighties as far as the way films were looked at and made is just look at Rocky. Yeah. Look at the first two Rockies grounded in reality. Lots of like hard hitting personal things going on, like eighty yeah. seventies movie. And then you get by the time you get to Rocky Four, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah. Everything we, did, is... we did Rocky Four. We're saving Rocky Three too because I mean those, Rocky yeah. Three is right up there. Yeah. So, so Rocky Four is the first movie I ever saw in a theater. I was six years old. And my oh, don't get it. So I still have memories of that trip. And Rocky Three I had on VHS, so I watched it over. Oh, and sure. Over. Yeah. And again, yeah. I don't think I saw Rocky the original Rocky till I had seen three and four like a hundred times. That's weird. Like, what did you? Were you way. bored by it, or did you like? like it's such a different. Movie. I think by the time, like, I'm so into Stallone and I'm so into Rocky that by the time I saw it, I was a little older and I appreciate. It. Like, 
I think I had had I seen it younger, I might have. I, I probably was like twelve by the time I saw the original Rocky. So had I seen it a little bit younger, I might have had bad memories. But I remember just being like, "This is great." I just it is, and it's still such a wonderful movie. But like my nephews who are eight and six, my brother showed them Rocky recently, and I kind of thought they were too young for it. Not because there's anything no, but damaging, the pacing but it's so slow. And, the, yeah. and really, when you think about it, there's one fight. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and even like the training montage. It's not like the other Rocky training montages. No, no. They were kind of figured out as they went along, and uh, they did like it. But uh, it, yeah, so much of it is just character driven and talking. You yeah, know? and it, they were they were calling Stallone the next Brando when that movie came oh, out. Oh, I, I can see and it. That, I mean, he's the acting in that movie. He's he's phenomenal. It's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, but, it still holds up. And Rocky Two does not get enough credit. That's a good movie. So see, Rocky, God, we're gonna need four hours for this. Um, <laughs> Rocky Two, I do not like, but. Uh, Rocky II may be my least favorite, but I, to me it has the best ending. The, the fight where they both fall down and who gets up. If Rocky gets up, he wins. It's all, that's like when they were sort in of the discovering slow, melodrama. In the slow-mo. <laughs> yeah. well, they, and that's the first one that Stallone directed. And I, oh, I didn't know he didn't direct the first one. No, no. John, oh, John G. Alveson directed yep. it and won, oh. and won Best Director, I believe. Yeah, 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 he did. I totally forgot He that. also directed Karate Kid, which we just, we we just, just did. did. Yep. Um, but uh, Stallone directed the second one. And I, there's a quote that Alfred Hitchcock said that uh, the only thing that is I, I might be butchering it, but like the only thing that's inherent to movies as an art form is the montage. It's the only art form where you can show your face, you say something to me, my reaction, and then I say something to you, and, and you can cut in in montage. No other art form does that. And to me, Stallone is the king of the montage. Well, Rocky Four is all montage. It is, it's like it's twenty like minutes 20. of montage. It, we, I think we. We literally calculated when we did Rocky Four as an episode. It's like a third of the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's like legitimately it's a third. It goes montage, <laughs> yeah. three minute scene, montage. montage. Yes. There, there is a point in the movie where, like, if you just watch for an hour at a time, you're watching like eighty percent montage, I, which is amazing. The, one of the, my favorite things about Rocky Four is one of the montage scenes is over. Uh, there's no easy way out, right? And yeah. the whole time you watch, you're like, there is an easy way out. It's just do a montage rather yeah, than yeah. actually finish the scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no easy way out of the script problem. <laughs> oh right. wait! Yeah, no, I, but it's great. But, like, but again, it's like, and I, um, I always come back to this. maybe this is my insecurity. So I was I was in an acting class years ago, and uh, we had to do an exercise where we were to describe a scene that meant a lot to us. And the whole point of the exercise was to kind of find out where you sort of registered as a character. Like you know, what kind of roles would you be attracted to? What do you kind of what vibe you give off? Like, what's your type? So I immediately yelled out, you know, Karate Kid, the scene where uh, Miyagi's drunk and Daniel takes care of him. And the whole class started laughing. And I turned around and I was like, have you motherfuckers seen this movie? I just said this in front of the whole class. I was going to say, fuck them. I was like, because I was like, did you guys, like, did you want to be an actor because you read Brecht as a child? <laughs> because I was watching Rocky Three. Like, that's right. why, to me, the magic of the movies. And I think the difference between, like, our generation and younger generations is we didn't have the cynicism. Like yes. I, I, to me, it was po- like point. to me, it was possible to do this stuff because Stallone <laughs> was yeah. doing it. That you is know? also ridiculous. I, I, of course, I, I, I'm totally a fan of your earnest. Uh, what's the word? Yeah, I'm. Look, I, I know I'm like wide eyed about it. Totally. And I'm like I'm, I'm too. 
But I love that Eddie Murphy, what was it, uh, Eddie Murphy Raw or something where he's talking about Rocky. He's like, the funny thing is white people believe that shit. Oh, and yeah. And he starts yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, doing yeah, the yeah, entire yeah. talk. So, like, see that guy over there? It's <laughs> exactly <laughs> Peter. That's me. You know, that's me and my cousins, we do. That's him. You like my house? It stinks. Like when we do the Eddie Murphy thing. Because it's like he he's obviously doing that bit in love. Yeah, like he grew up course. in an Italian neighborhood, and he's oh, making yeah. fun of Italians in a way that every Italian would laugh about. Oh, exactly. completely, which is amazing about that. But and it's a hundred percent accurate. Like, yes, but um, yeah. So Lethal Weapon is one of those movies we got. We got to talk about the whole Mel Gibson uh, thing because I think that colors what? how people view these what movies. Thing? The uh, is, the Jew rant. Well, so I was actually... Wait, does, is he pro or against? <laughs> I, wasn't, I, didn't do, I didn't do research before he's this one. philo-Semitic. I think he's like super into Jews. Oh, actually. okay, cool. Yeah, 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 a lot yeah, yeah. for him. And everyone was like, wow, like, it's just a little much, but you know. Laheim to Mel. Is he Jewish? I'm not even aware of that. So I'm a huge Mel Gibson fan, and I'm, I feel like I defend him all the time. And here's the thing. I'm a kid when this movie comes out. I'm watching this movie as a kid. And I had no idea who Mel Gibson was. I didn't see, you know what I mean? It, you know when you like see a movie and you think that's the guy? Oh, sure. And so at that time, I thought Mel Gibson, in my mind, only existed as Martin Riggs in Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when years later, people are like, oh, my God, can you believe Mel Gibson snapped? Can you believe? I was like, have you seen <laughs> Lethal Weapon? Because I'm 10 years old and I'm going, that guy's crazy. Like, you can see it in his eyes. He is nuts. He's not so good at faking it. it. Like, do you know, like an actor... Yes, you're you're giving a performance, but there's oh, it's always coming from somewhere. And I watch and I watch it again. He's not faking the crazy. No, no that he's nuts. is in him. He's it pulling from legit. a real place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and again, should we play the? Should I look it up and play the clip? Yeah. It, how I, short is so it? So many. Me, I didn't yeah. realize how many times he puts a gun to his head in that movie until I. Really oh, do, that's weird. Is it getting delivery? No. Did you? Tell, oh, uh, did you tell someone? Oh, she partner? said she's here. Yeah. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll let her. Uh, um, so we'll, we'll keep talking while you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I actually. Um, so yeah, for me, the, the Mel Gibson thing. If anything, it was. It's like, can you believe Mel Gibson is a successful director and making money? So I was like, this guy, because of all the like Hollywood horror stories, like that's what you expect to no hear. No like, kidding. But he's like actually like he owns like most of Malibu, I think. Oh, um, which makes sense. Although, having said that, uh, you know, we were talking before the show about people with a lot of kids. Doesn't he have like twenty yeah, kids? So he comes. That's from a, still a lot. He, of, he comes from a huge family, a very uh, Catholic family, and he also now I believe he has about at least ten. I believe. He oh has yeah, ten. but then he got uh, divorced from his wife, which was a big, big thing. Uh, that's a big for, thing for the uh, for for the Catholic religion. Ugh. Anyway, I don't like Hindus, so there's that too. Oh man, sorry, an Indian friend of mine just came in. Um. So yeah. So so. To me, Mel Gibson. To me, I I'm thinking about this. Martin Riggs is my favorite action movie character of all time, and that's not an easy uh, decision for me to come by. I just he's my favorite. That like maverick guy who's crazy, but who's it's it's the crazy guy who has no connections, doesn't really live like a human, like living on a trailer, like could come and go at any moment. But he also is the best at something. Is my favorite character. So the intro, the, the clip we use in the intro music is him saying what a good sniper he was in Vietnam. Yes, but I it's because it's scene. also about how he can't be a regular person. Like he can't he can't reintegrate into society because the only he says he goes that's the only thing I've ever been good at. Yeah, is taking a guy out 
from a thousand feet away. And he was just one level underneath what Gary Busey's uh, character became because yeah. they were almost like Vietnam War sniper, special agent, sorry, special forces uh, rivals, I guess. Yeah, and there so, was more of that in the So plot Gary Busey, showed. great in this movie. Busey is one of the unsung heroes of, of these movies, too, because I mean, we did, we did Point Break. Ah. Uh, uh, and, I wish I could have been on that one. Which is weird because it's like only five years later, but he seems so much older in Point Break than he does in this movie. The thing about Gary Busey is he's Gary Busey. And yeah. it's very hard to live having Gary Busey. Uh, he's like, yeah, <laughs> like, I remember some comedians Carrying that inside of you is hard enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember Chris, it was like Chris Rock or somebody said one time, everyone's crying about Michael Jackson dying. Michael Jackson died because he's Michael Jackson. Yeah, it right? takes a lot like, out of war out of, Yeah, I think Gary yeah. Busey's sort of the same way. Some people are not long for this world. Yeah, it's, it's actually oh, well. Busey is one of those people where you're, you're like surprised that he's still alive. Oh my god! Like yeah. I had an I had a great uncle who had polio as a child, had a tumor, fell down an elevator shaft, Jesus and like he died. Christ. But like I would hear these stories, but he like died at 82. Like had, <laughs> yeah. he had emphysema for like 10 <laughs> Wait, years. Hold on, he fell down an elevator shaft. He, he and his brother That's both. And they both like <laughs> what? I think I might be mixing the stories up. Maybe his brother fell down the elevator shaft, oh but he and his brother together got in a horrific car accident. That's oh what it was. God. I believe they call that accident prone. Yeah, yeah. Why? I've, I've walked, cursed by some I've, voodoo princess? I fell down a, a, a trap door in a restaurant. What? What? I never told you that story? <laughs> <laughs> That's from Lethal Weapon. No, oh, I, I, was, have, uh, I have drops. I got drops. It was, a, it was in the height of my uh, gambling days. I, my res- I worked at a restaurant where there was a curtain that led to the to kitchen. And you literally pushed the curtain out of the way to get into the kitchen. And there was a trap door that led downstairs where there was a prep kitchen. And the trick was they put the hamper where you put the dirty linen if they put the hamper behind the curtain, that meant do not enter. So I'm walking in with like, my hands full of plates. By the time I feel oh, the boy. hamper, I'm falling down <laughs> the trap door. Oh, That's hard. Literally, like, um, I imagine it was like what, what it would feel like falling through an elevator shaft because immediately it was just like black. And I just, I just felt like a rushing Jeez. sound. Oh, and I boy. came to and I'm sitting down on my butt with my feet in front of me. And everyone's like, we thought you were dead. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm wiggling my toes right now. Everything is working. And they had to put me on the backer board, carry me out, and bring me to uh, Cornell, where they, they're like, the doctor's like, we can't, like, there's nothing. They didn't find a broken rib. They didn't find a concussion. Tailbone? Uh, Seems like you landed right in your ass. Yeah, so, lucky. of course, two days later, I was like, I got to ride this hot streak. And I went to Borgata. and went <laughs> to gambling. Uh, went, on, no. went on my biggest, my biggest winning streak. Of oh, all really? Time. Yeah. Oh, this is the oh, big so you one. Were right. So I was right. So, but then this, this is, again, this has got to go in my script eventually. Sure. So I'm, 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 I cannot lose at gambling. And a couple weeks later, I'm driving right by the Newark airport. And it's like one in the morning. I'm driving back. At the time, I was living at my grandma's house in Jersey and working in the city. So I was driving back and forth and then routinely going to the Borgata, playing blackjack all night, and at six in the morning, driving to the city and going straight to work. It's in complete insanity. So I'm driving back to New Jersey. It's one in the morning. I'm right by the Newark airport. And a guy behind me rear ends me, but like at an angle where he sends me into the wall. Oh my God. And I had a split second to like catch myself. And this was scarier than the fall because the fall I couldn't do anything. Here I have to like decide what I'm going to do. Somehow gain control of the car, stop. Guy gets out. It's an old guy. He goes, This, this kill, I, kills me to this day. The guy looks at his bumper first. Like he oh, almost geez. killed me. And his first instinct is to check his bumper on his car. And then he comes over and goes, do me a favor, write down your information. I'm not wearing my glasses. And uh, this guy's a needy fuck. So I go, to, I go to the doctor. Again, nothing wrong. I, have a, I had like a, a uncle. He was a little shyster. He goes, he goes, only you would fall at work 
and then get rear-ended and not have a neck brace on. Like he's like, you're not gonna hustle. He like he was mad I was at me. Say fake so, yeah. He goes, you know what you do? He goes, you fake a coma. And when they come in the hospital and they say, if you can hear us, squeeze my finger, you just go, ah. All right. Speaking and then you of, get all the money. Speaking of Jewy things, let's play the Mel Gibson well, so let me just let me just finish. So, no, the, fin- so the story. Oh, is that what we're going to play? I, want, uh, I thought so. And again, it's pro-Jewish. We're right oh, on this. Yes, I wasn't sure what Mel Gibson's history was with the Jews. So they're about to educate me. He's like yeah. a cheerleader for them. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, uh, is, just is it- to finish that story, <laughs> right after that happened, I went back to the Borgata and I never won again. So I literally believe that the first oh, okay. accident put me in like a winning zone and the second accident kicked me out of See, the winning zone. I just zone. don't have that kind of mindset. I guess I'm too negative to ever be a gambler. No, you're yeah, just you have insane. To, you have to have hope. <laughs> you're just no, no, not no, you, insane. You actually have to have hope in the future to actually Oh, then I'd it. be a great gambler. <laughs> Zero hope. Absolutely not. Um, I don't know actually which because there is three oh, separate man. Mel Gibson rants on YouTube. I feel like this is so disrespectful to Mel. Mel, I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm going to go for. He this. did it to himself. Well, you said we have to address it. Yeah, we, def- we definitely it. have to. address And come it. on, it's going to be funny. It's the anti-Semitic elephant I in the room. I think it's the anti-Semitic one. Well, there's one where he's yelling at his new wife, and I believe there were allegations that he beat the shit out of said wife as well. Yeah, like well, relatively sh- sound ones. Oh, no, no, Mel, please, Mel, no. Oh, it had nothing to do with what? The fact that you had foreign bodies in there? Oh, no. Foreign bodies? Okay, good. So you're not lying to me oh, he's about cuckoo. fake tits. I've never had. Yes, yes, you just did. You said they weren't. You fucking lied to me before. What? I didn't. Guys, he was still in character's rigs. I never said yeah. it, or I never said anything of a kind. You never asked me, I never told you. Or maybe you asked me. But she I sounds like a, a lot of not fun. Yeah, I would, not want to be, I would not want to be married to this There's woman. something about those vague Eastern European accents that just lead me to believe that they're conning me into thinking they're dumber than they are, and then they're going to kill me and maybe take my identity. There's something, like, vacant about it. Yeah. yeah. Not human. I think he's talking about her tits. <laughs> Amazing. That's kind of what Natasha calls me all the time. Dude, he could take this on stage and kill. Oh, my God. I don't walk around. I don't walk. to be that. I don't work around in tight clothes. I stay at home for most of the time. Oh, man. <laughs> I love Mel. Oh, no. There's oh, the, no. There's the bomb. Oh, no. Just now like, we got to have the Wait, we got down. Danny Glover on line one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just... um. So the person um, in the room, not not with headphones on, he just said the N word. So we got excited. Oh, no. yeah. oh I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ruins everything, Mel. I'm trying, Mel. What what do you do? What okay. did you do? I'm telling you. I'm just telling you the truth. I don't like it. I don't want that woman. I don't want you. All right. So this wasn't the Jewish man. This is a guy who's very insecure about his young, hot Eastern European wife. Look how and also bipolar. Yeah, he's crazy. And, but this is why he's a good actor. Listen to the passion. Wow. Okay. And I will take care of my child, but I don't want you anymore. Amazing. <laughs> That's one of like 30. Yeah. I know. She I know, recorded a, a lot. Oh, so, sure. Tosh, I'm so sorry you didn't get to hear it. It's a trip down memory lane. That's- not to not to defend Mel Gibson. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> not to defend this behavior, but I am going to defend this behavior. Um, as somebody who is, has struggled with addiction, he, and I've heard other, like Shane Black who wrote Lethal Weapons said he goes people say who, you are who you are your true self when you're drinking he goes that's not true yeah and I, I think that's like, I, I hope know, not I know, oh, the, the maniac I was when I was gambling is not who I am today so yeah. he he has owned up to being an alcoholic and then another um, 
I can't think of his name. Oh, George Miller, who directed the Mad Max movies. I mean, Road Warrior is another movie that we got to do on here. George Miller was asked when the new Mad Max came out about Mel Gibson. And he said, he goes, there's something that we don't understand about people like Mel. That that, that same genius and creativity yeah. can come from a same place that produces such ugliness. Oh, without a sure. doubt. And I think that's a very fair thing to say. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of artists that have a lot of ugliness Not just in artists. them or do. I would say anyone that's like a almost a perfectionist or obsesses over any craft or athletic ability. They Like Michael Jordan's a sociopath. Yeah. You know, Michael Jordan invited a guy that got varsity high school basketball over him to his Hall of Fame yes. acceptance to oh, stick it to yeah. him. What a psycho. You're that Michael is, Jordan. That is dude. pathological. Like, well, yeah, yeah, like, like he is, still, he couldn't get over it. Like it never goes away. So that's like, yeah, no, no, go ahead. Um, yeah. yeah. So, oh, by the way, since we're smoking in here and Peter never likes that. Oh, I have, never mind. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Bill, sure? it's my place. We're doing it. And I have a drop <laughs> for it. So wait. Well. <laughs> so every time every time I smoke in here while we're potting, I'm gonna uh yeah, uh I'm gonna drop that. I'll tell you I what, I, I apologize I, I apologize, <laughs> I will waft it towards the window. But you know what? Half the reason that nah, I'm dude. doing this, I was down to like the last three days I had maybe three cigarettes tops. I'm really trying to quit. But I watched Lethal Weapon last night because I looked some research and watching Riggs smoke. Yes. I think I you saw me. I smoked about an entire pack last night. Yeah. yeah. He looks so I, Wait, I have to address because it's kind of similar. Yeah. Watching this movie made me want to smoke cigarettes and do cocaine. Oh, my yeah. God. In the beginning yes. when he's doing coke, you're like, oh, coke looks so good. By the way, when he was sampling uh. it, as there's a yes. scene he's yes. sampling as a cop. He puts a lot in his mouth. He yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's eating cocaine yeah. in the first three minutes of this movie. It's a, By the way, I love Lethal Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it for the first I time. I thought you were about to say I love cocaine. Oh, well, I, yeah. yeah. So, unfortunately, it made me go like, wow, I haven't had coke in a long time. Uh, <laughs> so a little backstory on the movie. Uh, the movie was written by Shane Black, yes. who's had one of the, another interesting career. He, I think he was like right out of UCLA, sold this script, then became like the first screenwriter that really got famous and notorious for getting a lot of money for screenplays. And so a lot of people kind of turned against him just for his success. And he was really young at the time, right? He was like probably 24 when he wrote the script. And so he was kind of in the doghouse for a long time. Makes friends with Robert Downey Jr. uh, Wrote and directed uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Love that movie. Love that movie. So good. And that's a very Shane Black script in that movie. Very Christmas. Yeah. Also Christmas stuff. Does uh, uh, Iron Man 3, which did not go over that well. I don't remember if I liked it or didn't. I didn't. The the general consensus, I think, was it was the worst Iron Man. But then he did The Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling. I never saw uh, that. That was good. Really funny movie. I love 70s movies. I laughed out loud in the theater more than I can remember from another movie The Nice Guys it's, it's, it's a movie that probably should those two characters together much like Riggs and Murtaugh like they're hilarious I don't know why I didn't see that that's like just my speed yeah. that looks like a great flick uh, so, so he writes the script it's like peak 80s action we're talking like 1986 1987 um, Richard Donner the director uh, directed the, the original Superman and then got fired off of Superman 2. There's an alternative cut. Yeah, yes, so I actually just watched that recently. <laughs> that movie, to me, that's what super, superhero movies should be. Is oh. that those first two Supermen. It's like, and we always talk about it on here because I don't watch any of the Marvel or DC movies. And it's like, oh, is it really hard for you to be have superpowers? I'm sorry. Are you, are you sad about Like, are you brooding? Yeah. Because you have to say, like, oh, is that suck? But where Superman is like, 
it's serious. Like, you know, Lex Luthor is a serious villain. The the people from, from Krypton are, are serious villains. But it's like, it's fun and it's yeah. light and it's positive and it's, you're rooting for, you know, good well, stuff. I forgot. I mean, Donner does not get his due. I forgot how many unbelievable move, movies Donner is behind. And yeah. like he, you'll mention him in like the same sentence as like a, well, obviously a Spielberg, but like really like he just doesn't mention that much at all. No, and, th- th- to be honest. This is my first time really talking about him or hearing about him ever. I think right? it's yeah. yeah. I think it's because he doesn't have like a visual style or like an yeah. idea, you know what I mean? Well, that's like not good. he did, well no but he like no <laughs> but, sorry, I, but what I, No, but what I mean by that is like yeah, yeah, you don't you you watch a movie and you're like, "Oh, this looks like a Tarantino movie or right. this looks like a Spielberg movie." Sure. He doesn't ha- like he serves the material. Right. So The Omen is a great like thriller psychological yeah. drama. Superman is a great superhero movie. Yeah. Lethal Weapon That's is a, really a great he, action movie. He, he, so, so you're saying he's like form fitting to what he's trying he to do. He serves the material. That's good. He's not being again, like you know, the knock on all these other directors is is like they always turn it into their movie. It doesn't matter what the story yeah. is; it becomes their movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Donner does a great job of of serving what the story and point. the actors are. Uh, by the way, let's just uh, take a quick break because I want to mic her up just in case you have Oh, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. She's, and we can't do it. She's got some opinions. Yeah, it just feels awkward without right. it. Okay, one uh, sec. Natasha Delana, formerly of the Daily News, Maxim, and USA Today, currently at a media place that I guess we can't mention, but I heart it. Uh, <laughs> wink! Oh, I think we've had one of your coworkers on. We'll, we'll talk about that later. All right, uh, we'll get her mic'd up in a sec. One sec. Okay, podcast. and we are actually back now. Right. I'm sorry I'm incompetent, guys. And I, oh, are you <laughs> kidding me? I'm the kind of incompetence. But like, I always have this weird maybe I'm gay game with oh, Natasha yes. where if we're watching TV, I'm like, um, are you attracted to that dude? Whether it be like ABC list actor and then have, force her to tell me why she's attracted to him. Thoughts on just overall attractive level of Mel Gibson. And he was at in, his in hot Lethal zenith in Lethal, yeah. Weapon. in Lethal Weapon. That was when he was at his hottest. What, Sorry. A, bo- what yeah. a body. Oh, Let me just God. say, <laughs> let's throw that into the ring. I love playing Maybe I'm Gay. I do it uh, oh. on a daily basis. You are. Or yeah. is, that, is that a rhetorical? I, um, it, I don't even know at this point. <laughs> but you know what? All I know is that body... Woo. He was jacked in that flick. He was jacked. Yeah. There was some movement downstairs for sure. I mean, <laughs> he likes mullets. Um, oh, I love him. I didn't have any of those movements downstairs. I was like, oh, five. Wow. I was five. I was five. Let's just remind ourselves. Have of you us. seen it since you were a yeah. child? Yeah, okay. and I mean. He, from a scale of one to ten, I would have given him a ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. for and, sure. And yeah. in like no, um, not saying I'm gay. I, he he's a beautiful man. He's a good looking yeah. dude. The camera loves him. Yes. I went back. So two of my other favorite movies of his. Uh, he did a movie called uh, Gallipoli and The Year of Living Dangerously. Oh yeah. They were both Australian films. And this is him younger than he is in, in *The Weapon*. And he like *Year of Living Dangerously*. I *Glibly* is a great film. *Year, Year of Living Dangerously*. He plays an Australian journalist in Indonesia. I believe he's in Indonesia during the revolution. And Sigourney Weaver is like a British. She works for like the British like uh, State Department. Yes. Or whatever. And they end up having an affair. And the two like you, oh, Alex man. knows about my thing with Sigourney Weaver. I love. I, I love. I'd love to watch those two fuck. I, oh, so there, <laughs> there is there is a love scene in that movie, and the the sort of the flirtation that leads up to the love scene mm. is like one of the sexiest scenes I've ever seen ever in a movie. The mm. two of them together. Can we also can we talk about his eyes? Oh my! So, no, we're not talking about his eyes. Do you have five hours? <laughs> no, but so, they're unbelievable. So Mel Gibson it's, it's, is, a, it's is a beautiful of, man. He's a beautiful. The camera loves him. Yeah, and he, he's, I mean, he's troubled. Let's I'm just, surprised he's never done like professional modeling, right? At all in his life. Well, 
Because yeah. even as an old man, he's he, you know, barring all of his scar tissue, he's still beautiful. Yeah. He's still he is handsome. Yeah. He's a handsome guy. I think Road Warrior. He must have been like twenty one, twenty two, yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, you know, he started so young. Um, but he. So I, as someone who I, I say and say, I've never had abs even for like a minute. Like I've never, you know what I mean? Like I've my, seen abs. I feel like my whole life I've been told like that was a goal for me. And I, and I to be honest, like I've lived a pretty good life. Without ever having abs, and so at this point, I feel like I've been lied to this whole time. But and the thing is, and this is a, you know, this is the magic of movies and the fantasy. This guy is literally on a death wish. He the movie opens with him smoking cigarettes. He's drinking beer in the morning. Hence he's my lungs right now. He's living. He's not. He's not living healthy. And yet he has the body of a fucking Greek god, and it drives me crazy <laughs> when the movies tell us. I absolutely thought the that same that's thing. the way, <laughs> like and a gladiator. Course, yeah. yeah, and of course, there's a scene at the end where, for no reason, he's he's bare. You know, he's bare chested. There's a Just, few, there's a few <laughs> scenes. I, I made some notes of that. Oh there's, yeah, the scene where he's getting uh, electrocuted by oh, the sponge. Yes, he's so like in a sexual pose. His like hands are tied up above his head, and he's got his jeans on still, but no shirt, and the jeans are like dick root level. Like, like dick, yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. that like upper upper pubic oh, yeah. area that's exposed. Oh, yeah. oh, that, that, we we that, call us women call it penis bones. Penis bones. Yeah. Wow, I've I, never I, heard that before. It's a, it's a term. Yeah, yeah. I that, feel like that, you made that up. That, no, I, well, maybe, but that, a lot of women I know say it. So if you got that dick root, show it. You know, that's a dick root. I think yeah. I'm gonna start using dick root. Right, and again, and my insecurity is if I, if you saw my jeans at that level, all you would see is my belly hanging over that part of the jeans. So there's. <laughs> no, there's no bones there. There's there's dick belly over. Exactly, my, yeah, I was yeah. just gonna over say my dick, dick belly. bones. If you, if you saw my jeans at that level, you'd just see all the food I've stolen from uh, Whole Foods uh, that <laughs> I walked out, and that would be embarrassing. But yeah. um, but it, but it, and again, movies. And again, this is I get into this argument because I'm a movie lover. Listen, I could talk about Orson Welles and French cinema and it, for days. But at the end of the day, it's it's about a vis- visceral reaction to me. And these movies. Like, Karate Kid is my favorite movie of all time, not because I think it's the greatest masterpiece ever, but it's the movie that means the most to me, emotionally. And movies, Catch you at that right age. Movies are a, are a dream. They're fantasy. They're, it's about archetype and all this stuff. And, and imagery. And Mel Gibson, like, the imagery of him on screen is a reason you want to go and see movies. And we, I think to now, we're, we're, and I, I get into this all the time, it's like, I feel like um, for the sake of progress a lot, Today, we're trying to just like throw away Western civilization and start from scratch. But it's like there's a reason these stories exist. Some people exist. are. Yeah, I'm, but there's a reason these stories exist. There's a, there's a reason these archetypes exist. They, they hit us in a way that's like primal, that it's not necessarily intellectual. So, again, like I – about this, this character, the guy, the lone wolf that wants to kill himself and lives alone in the beach and he has to get paired up with a guy who has a family – <laughs> You'll be hearing a lot of that. There's, yeah. you know, it's like it's, it. a, it's a raw, visceral thing, and the, and the fact that they the, the two partners we haven't talked about Danny Glover yet. We got to talk about Danny Glover. The two partners don't like each other. They don't get along. But at the end of the day, this is the guy you want there when you, when your family's life is on the line. Fucking Martin Riggs in a tan polo shirt and a fucking tan safari <laughs> jacket with his high powered rifle is there to fuck shit up. And glorious that's the bullet. That's yeah. the dude yes. you want. That's who you want with you. That the guy's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like you call him up. Hey, listen, uh, they kidnapped my daughter. All right, I'm gonna get my rifle. I'll be right there. Let's go kill everybody. You have to trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but, I, but that's the shit that gets me pumped up about watching movies, you know? Yeah, I grew up, I actually went to a performing arts high school, and I got the my fame high school. The fame school. Yeah. Oh, wow. I wanted to live forever, but now I don't so she much. She still dances on cars. I do, yes. but drunkenly, mm-hmm. and for money. We just had somebody from LaGuardia, didn't we? Uh, Dean David, I think, went to LaGuardia. Or didn't Tom McCaffrey, too? Maybe. I'm not sure. She was in uh, Nicki Minaj's class. I was. We were yeah. we were uh, friends. We were the same drama class. From Wait, how old were you when you were classmates? Uh, from 19... I graduated 2000. So is the ass year. fake? It is, right? Yeah. She didn't have that. By the way, I like, she's still so protective of, of her that I she know. kind of was like... Yeah. She's listen, like, just not here. <laughs> listen, the, the talent is fake. Why would the ass be real? Uh, well, you know it's what? All, I, I do all, have to differ. It's all manufactured. I actually do disagree with that. It's all manufactured. I do firmly right. disagree with that because I went to school with her and I know the training she had. Oh, yeah. Knowing she, her she, firsthand. Like, it was a professional school. You yeah. could... I mean, you had to audition to get in. It's one of the... It's the top specialized school in New York. So anyway, that to your point, which is completely right... Um, the visceral reaction you get to theater or film mm. or the pr- thought-provoking, like, life-changing things that they do uh, for you was something that was embedded and also, like, impassioned at, at a very young age for me. So, yeah. I mean, movies should still be archaic in the sense of keeping the simple, like, script and story and, like, serving the story, like you said. But so when, when we first started talking about the podcast, we connected on the movie, the, the John Wick movies, which yeah. we haven't done yet. We, we'll we'll see get it. to I've it. never seen it. Oh, my God. They're... Like to me, the, the they're like a return. The two John Wicks are to me my favorite movies of the last five years. Oh man! And, and again, and it's like I'm it's after that. years and years of everyone trying to reinvent the wheel, and everyone's an antihero. And we get those, like it's such a return to form of like the simplicity of like John Wick is. They created a mythology. He's a, sort of this mythological creature. It's what he, he's the best hitman in New York. They have this whole under underworld. Um, world that they've manufactured but the details are all right and then all these guys pop up like uh david patrick kelly is 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 in it guys from the wire guys from deadwood and they it's like a return to like these 80s and it is it is in the simplicity this i mean lethal weapon you can sum it up and i i was thinking about i was actually reading the imdb and I'm like, oh shit! I for- like I forgot. I just rewatched the movie two days ago, and I forget plot points of the movie. Oh, me too. I still don't remember why so they fucking they kidnap kidnap Danny Glover's daughter and the whole like the whole like shadow company thing. I don't even remember. It's really. very convoluted, but it some doesn't of the plot matter. Yeah. It all that matters in the end of the day is are Riggs and Murtaugh going to get the bad guys? Also, the do- yeah. Danny Glover. I feel like we're we're giving him the short end of the stick. No, we're going to get to him. We had, we, had, I mean, we had to deal with Mel, but I think we yeah, can move on. But uh, Danny Glover is fantastic as well in this movie. And, I mean, we have to... Shouts out to the daughter. She is one of the hottest black girls I've ever seen. Yeah, so she... I, I'm, I'm a huge her, fan. One of the weirdest uh, and you're, careers. You're, Peter is a... Oh, I forgot about this. Peter... She's in my wheelhouse. Yeah, she's, that's uh, your type. Man. She's exactly. My, oh yeah, she's exactly my type. But I, I, I have beat her. Dude. I think she did like one episode of television, and then just all four Lethal Weapons movies. That's her entire really? IMDb. She's so fucking gorgeous. Yeah, well, think, a lot like yeah. Danny Glover. Well, actually, the opposite of Danny Glover. Danny Glover was forty when Lethal Weapon was made, and he was playing a fifty-year-old. Right, and she was like twenty-five playing a fifteen-year-old. Okay, good. I always feel like when I when the character is underage, I feel a little weird about it. But knowing that she's twenty-five now, she was twenty. Yes. Good. It's, yeah. uh, she was. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, but Natasha, did you say what you wanted to say about Hot Mel Gibson crack. and about this, the kind of controversy that came after? Oh, uh, I mean, no, I, I honestly don't know what he's currently doing in his life. Um, so he, I mean, he's had, I mean, he's, he's had, had a comeback. Had a comeback. Yeah, is he? He was nominated for best director two years ago. Yeah, for uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Is a I never movie that saw he didn't that. appear in, but he that he directed. And how was that? It's I actually had, w- really it well good? done. It's actually, it, I, I didn't think it was going to be that great, and also. Um, 
I'm a I'm a, a creature of the uh, bonus features on DVDs. I like those. Uh, the making of the movie, like he did a lot of really interesting, smart things. They basically created a battlefield on like a 30 acre farmer's plot, and they oh, wow. made an, a World War II movie on this like little plot of land. And they they did a lot of tricks and a lot of interesting stuff to make it seem like it was a bigger budget, bigger budget movie. Than he's it was. very much like Clint Eastwood with regards to directing when it comes yep. to that, like <clears throat> on time, under budget, and like really, it's Gibson and Eastwood are the only two directors well, that but, do that. But that's like the R- Richard Donner thing too, where it's like you're you're they're kind of like blue collar guys. Like this is the mm-hmm. job, is what I got to do. People mm-hmm. gave people gave me a lot of money to One do takes, this. One take, two takes, and I want to get yep. it done. It's right. not it's not. I'm not gonna have a temper tantrum and then disappear for a day without a doubt. I don't feel like working today. I feel like Kubrick. Is, was of the same vein. I think Kubrick did so many uh, takes, though. Right? I recently mm-hmm. rewatched at the, at the IFC Center, um, not to go off topic, 2001 Space Odyssey. It's one of my favorite so movies. Good. Of all time. I mean, I, yeah, it was literally like three weeks ago at midnight. And yeah. well, just, that's not a pot friendly movie. No, uh, who does that stuff? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm, a, yeah, I'm a huge Kubrick guy. We're going to do Full Metal Jacket eventually. We got my, uh, yeah. My I niece. just saw that recently. Still fucking holds up. Oh, so, yeah. Amazing. Dude. Yeah. amazing. Yeah. It, it, one of the. Uh, to me, one of the most fun parts about this podcast is seeing how different I feel about the movie now versus then, versus my memory of the movie. Well, that's why it's interesting to me that Alex enjoyed it, because you do wonder if some of these things hold up, because in our mind, well, let me, we're always going to love them. Well, yeah, let me right. give you an example. I mean, like, we did Back to the Future, and oh. overall, so overall, I, I liked the movie, but I... Oh. I, Overall, well, here, here's the thing: Your you whole probably saw it. You probably saw it when you were a teenager. I'm imagining. Well, he's I'm not old. that old. I, don't, I was. 85. I wasn't even ten. It came out in eighty five. Eighty five. Yeah, so I was nine. Okay. All right. So, so even more perfect for you. You were like looking up to Marty McFly. This guy's cool. He was my James Dean. All right. So yeah. I watched it. And he was a little, like, loser to me. Like, nobody... Yeah, no, he was. And we talked about this on the podcast. I think you're wrong, Alex, but whatever. Whatever. That's fine. My point is, is that... There are examples of the movies we go back to, and it, at the age Without I'm seeing it, yes. I, I don't identify with Marty McFly. He just seems like a fucking punk. Not even really a punk. Like, someone who's trying to be cool, and it's, like, not cool. So but the greatest whatever. American that ever lived. Sure, um, I, I love I love Christopher Lloyd though he steals the movie for me and it was good overall. But a lot of times I I uh, don't identify with the movie. But Lethal Weapon, I think uh, th- this one's one of my favorites that we've done so far. Well, and also you knew enough to go into it knowing that all those tropes in Lethal Weapon that are now such cliches were invented. Well, this, podca- yeah. this yeah. podcast has sort of taught me that. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, Forty Eight Hours was a was a couple years before this, and this kind of is in a lot along of that. that line. A lot of that for sure. Die this- Hard was also a good example Die of Hard a movie that that like sort of was the uh, blueprint for action movies after it. Definitely. Uh, so it fun seems fact, like Bruce Willis now. was in line to be for the role of uh, Riggs. Yeah. And as was Gibson, not for McClane. Really? Die Hard, yes. Huh. So no, this this movie definitely invent. I I think after Die Hard and Predator, I think this is the third greatest action. Imagine movie. If, there, man. Imagine yeah. if Mel Gibson were in Die Hard instead of Bruce Willis. I could imagine it. They're both funny they, in kind of a similar way. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, but, yeah, I think it's, you it's it impossible off. to imagine it now just because you're so sure, sure. Yeah, Bruce Willis is John McClane. Right. Uh, and also, you know, Mel Gibson is Riggs. Yeah. You know? And also, like, the it, Bruce Willis in Die Hard, he's like that New York cop. Like, Will, it's Bruce a different Willis sense has of humor. that, like, Jersey New York. Wisecracking. Yeah. yeah that, where, he's a, where he's a fish out of water in California. He doesn't like the whole California thing. 
you know, yeah, Mel less Gibson of the crazy energy than Mel Gibson has. And Gibson, yeah. and the thing with Gibson is like with uh, Road Warrior, they dubbed his voice for American audiences because he really? has such a thick Australian accent. Yeah. That is a different actor in wow. the American version. And the funny thing is, uh, Mel Gibson was born in New York. And they moved when he was like four or five to Australia. And he had like such a thick accent. But the thing with Gibson now is he has an accent. It's not Australian, but it's it's an accent. Like any role that you see with Gibson, like perfect example is Lethal Weapon. Like that's not an L.A. guy. You don't know where that accent's from, but it's not like American. It's not Australian. It's just it's something. You can't put your finger on it, but it's just weird Mediterranean. I don't know. But, so, uh, but yeah, Danny Glover, we got to give him his due. Oh, let's give Glover his So team. Danny Glover <laughs> is too old for this shit. <laughs> I, I, I have like four more. So Danny Glover was, <laughs> I, guess, I guess he was a theater actor for a while, had been in The Color Purple, and he did another one of my favorite movies called uh, Witness with Harrison Ford. You ever see Witness? Fucking great. Love that Never movie. Never saw it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Never even heard of it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an Amish subplot, uh, oh. as most movies are. Uh, it's, wow. It's uh, Harrison Ford plays a Philly cop. Uh, Amish kid in Philly witnesses a murder, and he so Harrison Ford has to protect the kid and the family in Amish country against the bad guys. And Danny Glover is one of the bad guys. Great actually, idea. actually has very little dialogue in the movie, but he's just like wearing a three piece suit, and he's just so fucking cool. Like Danny Glover is just so, so cool, cool as the bad guy. Yeah, and in fact, they they kill a guy, and uh, he they're, his partner's like, "We got to get out of here." He goes, "Hey man, I'm just washing my hands." He's like, he's just like so smooth. He's like, "I don't care." I gotta take this time to wash my the blood off my hands. I'm not gonna run out of here. Danny yeah. Glover has had very few bad guy roles, but when he does have them, he kills them. Really underrated movie, Mark Wahlberg called Shooter. Oh, I don't uh, think I've ever seen it. No. Plays a sniper, um, without getting too much into it, but Danny Glover plays the bad guy in it. Okay. And you just sort of forget how much he eats up the fucking screen. He's great. And Danny Glover's great. Yeah. He's great. He's one this of those whole movie guys. Is great. He's I, I I assume he's a very large man because he's very physically imposed. Yeah. Like, he's a guy that very quietly could be very scary. If Patrick yes. Ewing was a cop, Danny Glover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it's not bad. He, he looks like a gentle giant, but you could see how if he turns also, on you. Also, he's got a body on him. He's got a body. Yeah. Yeah, the, the opening scene, he's in the bath or whatever, and his family yeah, comes in. 40 playing 50, man. He's got so some abs. Weirdest, weirdest yeah. kind of not talked about uh, part of these movies. Danny Glover's stomach? No. <laughs> um, his nipples. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Part, part so two, nice. I think part so two is great, too. Lethal Weapon 2 is great, especially because of the addition of Joe Pesci. But yeah. in, in Lethal Weapon, <laughs> in the first one, we're introduced to Danny Glover. He's in the tub. Yes. And his family comes in to give him a birthday Weird. cake. In the tub. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the second one, he's there's a plot device where he's on the, a toilet. Yeah. And it's got a bomb attached to it. Yeah. Like, oh, Wow. That's a lot of bathroom for one That's character. <laughs> also, there's a weird moment. Did you catch this? Did you rewatch it for yeah. the episode? Okay. There's a you know weird, I did. There's a re- weird moment uh, where the daughter is introduced, uh, Danny Glover's daughter, and so she's sort of coming down the stairs, and she's like, oh, this is my uh, New Year's outfit. Do you like it? And he's like looking at her, and this music's playing, like like my daughter's hot music. Yes. And then it's like, and then he, and, and, he, and as he's leaving to go to his you know job as a cop, he says something like, Fucking heartbreaker, yes, or something like yeah, that. And yeah. I'm like, that was kind of weird. There's some odd stuff in there. So I mean, I, I'm with them. So but. again, with like the parallel between the first and the second. Yeah. So in the first one, she's the teenager who has a crush on daddy's new partner. I mean, who could blame? In me? the yeah. second, and it's it is weird how she's sexualized. In the second one, she's a wannabe actress, and she does a commercial, and the family gathers on the TV. I know what you're about to and say. And it's a condom yeah. commercial. <laughs> 
So, like, so, oh, that's a great bit. So the thing that they're like alluding to in the first one, they're like, oh, let's just go all in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. She's got to be of age now. <laughs> Plot line. Picture uh, condoms when you see and it. it. Poor Danny Glover's like, my daughter, I, I guess he's like, I might as well let's just let my partner fuck her because someone's going to fuck her. Is that what happens? No. Oh, but, damn it. Oh, that's man. A, that's I would love to. I, I, that would have been great, actually. I, I'm just saying, I'll say it again. I would love to see those two fuck. Dane, Dane, Dane. Woo! In my mind, they are right now. Black and white cookie. Lethal Weapon 2019. They have beautiful, you know, like light skinned black babies. Like, just beautiful. Beautiful. Mel's like, Mel's like, listen, kids, I'm sorry for all the things you're about to hear on the radio. Yeah. (laughs) On YouTube. Sorry for calling you the N word behind your back. (laughs) My bad. That was the best part of this podcast. (laughs) Well, and boy, you do wonder, like, Mm -hmm. because Danny Glover and Mel Gibson ended up becoming great friends. And you do wonder how that that, that relationship might have struggled after. So, one of my, I don't know. One of my favorite Mel Gibson things is that his best friends are Jodie Foster and Robert Downey Jr. Oh, is that, is that, is that really? real? Yes. Absolutely. How do you know that? Jo- I just because how do I know? You're anything? fucking creep, dude. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know where she lives? Yeah. No, uh, no, yes. Yeah. No. So I was so, gonna say, give it. Yeah. So Jody, where, where are you at? The three of them are this like weird like pair, like a group of friends. And um, she's spoken about him and said that she goes, listen, this is my friend. Like he's done terrible things. But if you have a friend and he's hurting, Showing compassion. And he's done, I'm, I'm, what do you want me to do? You want me to turn on my friend? Yeah. yeah. And Robert, the, the thing with Robert Downey Jr., Robert Downey Jr. was out of Hollywood. People forget. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Out, yeah. out, out. One of my favorite the actors. O- the only Same. reason Robert Downey Jr. is able to work today is that when nobody gave him a chance he nope, did blackface nope. in uh, that movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, that, fuck. Tropic I wish, Thunder. God damn it. I <laughs> wish I could have stuck the landing <laughs> that on that because that timing was great. Uh, man, Mel I love Gibson that paid the bond for his insurance to be on a movie. And yeah, he, yeah, yeah. There's a wow. clip, there's, I didn't know that. There's a, clip, yep. uh, there's a clip on YouTube where they're giving Robert Downey Jr. some award. He asked specifically for Mel Gibson to present the award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mel I Gibson this. is standing in the background like very sheepishly. like Oh, it was right in the very, middle of very it. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. says, he goes, you guys have all forgiven me and given me another chance. He goes, oh, it's that's time. awesome. He goes, it's yeah. time that's that you did that cool. for my friend. Wow. That's very cool. That's a friend. That's yeah. a yeah. real friend. And You're again, right. The, You're guy, right. the guy that when you call him and say they got my daughter and he goes, I'm coming with a sniper rifle, like that's a friend. With like, that's a, a friend. friend. That's yeah. what I want. They're, it's sort of analogous to the – I know we sometimes we bring up Louie a lot, but – Louis has that uh, in his leaked recording. He has a great joke about like how he found out who his real friends are in this controversy. And, and he's like, turns, he goes, he goes, turns out black people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all black people. And then he goes, it's like not the friends I would have picked, but you know, <laughs> like all the rich and powerful ones, they're all gone. They weren't real friends. He's like, you know, he, he says something like, you never want to find out who your real friends are. <laughs> he's like, Fuck, it's a I'm terrible moment. I was happier when I they were just fake friends and never, real friends. I didn't know who was who. Right. <laughs> turns out it's black people. Well, and uh, oh. Mel, Mel Gibson and Robert Downey Jr. first met on Air America. Yes. And they actually reference Air America because it was an actual thing in the Vietnam War in Lethal Weapon. Uh, right. It was like right. a CIA-run yeah. thing. The backstory and, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Um, uh, with the on-screen chemistry, they said um, – so the, the the writer of the movie, did we talk about him? Shane yet? Black. Yeah, yeah, he's like a he was a young guy when he wrote yeah, this yeah, movie. Yeah. He was like twenty five years old, and uh, bastard. But everyone loved the script, and so these directors were shopping it around. And the directors, when they when they saw um, Danny Glover and um, and Mel Gibson do their run throughs, they said that their chemistry like was able to find comedy in the script that wasn't necessarily intentional. That's it. Mm. Like I'm too old That's for this I mean. shit and all that stuff. So like I think that like them being friends and becoming friends on this set made the movie even better. 
because it's a right. buddy cop movie yeah. at the end of the day. So, and again, another thing that with all of these movies, one of the reasons they hold up is how funny all of them are. Die Hard yeah. is hilarious, right? Yeah. You gotta have Predator is funny. Like all uh, Schwarzenegger is naturally what a funny you? guy. Yeah. Uh, the, and it's at the end of the day, and I always say this: it's like. I with all these people like. Uh, are you watching Game of Thrones? I'm like, no, no. I don't care. I'm about- obsessed with no, Game like, of I just, Thrones. I don't just, watch TV anymore because it it so, keep that in. Yeah. I don't do. I don't care okay. about plot. And all these TV shows, it's all plot all the time. So for me, I, I can't just, pay attention. I just yeah, want. Exactly. I just want a character that I care about that I want to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe kiss point. on the lips a little and, bit. And, <laughs> and the movies, it's like the, I could hang out with Riggs and Murtaugh all day long, and that's what right. makes these movies. Right. The, the plot is almost. If anything, when I went back and watched it, one, the music is very eighties cheesy. Oh god, that kind of yeah, gives yeah, it away. Yeah. Talk yeah. about that. There's, yes. there, like uh, Danny Glover has some really cheesy lines. That anything you could think of right now, I'm well, it's uh, the 80s. They were, all I'm sure. I'm just trying uh, to. Right. He's like you now. You die. This is like go spit is something that he says. Oh to the guy yeah, yeah, I will yeah. see you that and raise you when Mel Gibson goes. Uh, he like right after he got tortured and they're leaving the club. He said something along the lines of, "What did the uh, shepherd say to the sheep?" As oh. they're right out, he goes, "Let's get the flock out of here." Oh, <laughs> that is a fucking line in the movie. You know what? And you know Gibson's like, "I, I ad libbed that. We got to keep that in." <laughs> like, oh no! Like, well, well, that that was, is a line in Lethal Weapon. Oh, that's amazing. That line was so bad that I thought that the, the copy I got, which was just like illegally down, was like a dubbed yes. copy when I heard him oh, say. I thought they were just saying like God. flock. I had to cover fuck or something yes. like that. Yeah. Terrible. That's oh, actually yeah. better. I yeah. love the fact that they purposely did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's great. But, it's 80s cheese all the way. Yeah. And by the way, we got to talk about the music, too, yeah. because quintessential 80s movie in the sense that every single fucking transition is a guitar lick. Yep. <laughs> Like, oh, if he really did a good comeback. Dude, it's in one of these drops for the I'm Too Old for this shit. Listen to the background guitar. Oh shit! You know what? I that wasn't that a guitar. Uh, <laughs> well, it's either that it or a saxophone, a whiny yeah, a saxophone. Of, a There's a lot of the eighties. The eighties killed it. And yeah. do you know who did those guitar licks? Oh, this is a fucking mind blower. Eric Goddamn Clapton. Get what? The fuck they hired here. Eric Clapton. This is absolute fact. No. Eric Clapton had some weird movie shit going on in the eighties. He did Color of Money. Had a good song in that. He did Back to the Future. Everyone remembers Huey Lewis. Eric Clapton had a couple songs in Back to the Future. Wow. Eric Clapton. <laughs> they hired Eric Clapton just to do the bam, 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 like yeah. in between scenes. Yeah, like transition. That was really good, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am Eric Clapton's guitar. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was Clapton. That's incredible. Wow, that yeah. is incredible. Wow. Yeah, that to me, that's the most dated part. I of can't it. believe I didn't know. Even that. The, like, I yeah. love, I still yeah. love the clothes. Like that, people say like, oh, eighties clothes. clothes are great. Which has made a comeback. Mel's shirtless half this movie. Yeah, yeah but which even is like, great. like the the the. You're really obsessed with. I'm this. gay, man. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm uh, one of the things I love about these movies too is is the the character putting on the the uniform of the character. So like mm-hmm. in in like First Blood Part Two, like when when Stallone gets ready for the mission, that's literally and that's literally the scene they cut out when they put it on TV, which is bullshit. Because right. that's the that's <laughs> yeah, the best, that. that's the best in the movie. No, but like I think about this stuff. It's like w- like yeah. Riggs in his cowboy boots and jeans and the red jacket, and sometimes he's got the baseball cap. It's just there that it's telling you who that character is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's weird because and you know Gary Busey, he's wearing like a white V neck sweater, and it makes him more scary. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. because yeah, per- he's already like 
like particularly scary as it is. Right. Because you know, yeah. he's Gary Busey. Because he's, yeah. he's like being Gary Busey. Like, like that I'm character, the, 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 the threatening part of that character is how controlled he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, so like you can imagine him being so meticulous in how he dresses it because that's part of his control. But like, you can see like if he gets dirt on that white sweater, he'll kill everybody oh, in the yeah. room. Yeah. yeah, it's a very German vibe. I, yeah. Yeah. German. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because he had his, uh, his hair was dyed blonde. jet blonde. Yeah, that's right. I mean, with with the music, you made me think like the one thing. Platinum. Is, one right. thing Lethal Weapon is missing is a scene where they go see the old owner of a blues club, and he gives them information like solving. <laughs> that was the one thing that they, <laughs> they didn't they, have. Yeah, they, they're missing that one scene. Maybe it's yeah. like the deleted yeah. scenes, but you know, you're watching this movie, and it's like. And now Mel Gibson is going to jump off a building with yes, the guy. Yes, of course. He and is. now yeah. he's going to take out a sniper. Like this is a big before breakfast. It's like, yeah, maybe <laughs> if we had it to do over again, we might have toned it down a little bit. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because it still it works. The amount of shit that happens in like forty eight hours a week in that movie is unbelievable. It's like, I forgot. I forgot how much happened in one day of them it's being crazy. partners. Yeah. 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 I, 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 the pacing's great though because it's like look it's an action movie it's a buddy cop movie and it's a funny movie yeah. just have a bunch of shit happen within an hour and 45 minutes I'm cool with yeah, that yeah they spend too much time on the plot because again like the whole scam and the whole thing of, like all the subplots yeah inconsequential totally. and you're not paying attention to it you and don't they, care they spend so much time trying to make it so complicated no, no. and it's Murdoch it's Riggs that's all you need yeah, just uh, yeah. kill the bad guys because they're bad guys yeah, yeah. right I don't need that's anymore. Peter's favorite <laughs> yeah, like, really, it's true it's, that I, guy's a bad guy Kill him. Okay. We'll do it. <laughs> Give me a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, I, I think Busey, we definitely gave Busey his due. Of course. Uh, yeah. We got to bring up. So, I, my, for some reason, my phone's not working. Uh, actor by the name of Al Leung, who's the Asian guy who's torturing. Oh, yes. Because he's a guy that shows up in everything. everything. What else is he in? He's in yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. He's uh, one of the gangsters. Oh, okay. He is uh, one of the cr- crew of bad guys in Die Hard. Um, and he's yes. in other stuff that I'm not remembering. Bill right and now. Ted's. He was uh, Genghis, Genghis Khan. That's right. Yes. Oh, oh my oh, god! Great pull. Wow. Good call. Good one. I believe the, he's a, the original he's a stuntman. Yeah. Do Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Can we pull up a one a of my favorite of movies of all time? So I get a, sure. A yeah, yeah, yeah. Al Leung is his name. I'm sure he looks exactly what you think he would look. Like. He's got the long, <laughs> yeah. like Asian, Asian blonde hair. Does he look Asian? A little bit. How do you he's carrying. I don't see Asian. I believe it's L E O N G. L E O. Oh, that'll narrow it down. <laughs> like that? Yeah. I think it will. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yes. That's what he looked like in the 80s. How long is... Uh, you know he, him when you oh see him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He was in everything. Yeah. yeah. And he's... I mean, and the cool thing oh, with these shit. movies, too, is like they... He was a stunt guy. So they could be, basically put the stunt guys in the movies. Because you give him like two... That. You give him two lines. And then next thing you know, you recognize the stunt guy. Because he's he in was every friggin' movie. Yeah. But then probably you know pay what less he is? That. He is the Asian... And uh, of course, now his name is escaping me. He is the Asian version He's of really the lean. Mexican actor that is in everything that used uh, the, like the guy that used to be in prison. He was in. Um, oh, Danny Trejo. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. How did you He's, get that? This is what this <laughs> is what that's I do. Exactly you're, what he is. Yeah. Give me the money, America. You're I'm here. He, I'm ready. I know all the movie facts. Just you, give you, me the money. You nailed it so quickly. He's and autistic. He's in everything. Like he, he, <laughs> he was autistic. <laughs> it helps with that stuff. Might, might, if you're on the spectrum, I've, I've never been tested, kind of stuff but. Yeah, probably. There's a lot of things that would be explained better if I was if I, if I was actually but diagnosed. But he's the Annie, he's the Asian Danny Trejo. Uh, just because we're smoking cigarettes again. <laughs> <laughs> Too old for this shit. Well, and we were talking about this on our water break, but um, there are certain movies where you watch it and you never want to smoke a cigarette again. Oh, yeah. It's the way that they're doing it or if they do it too much, if they're chain smoking, you're like, I am never doing it again. And then there's movies like Lethal Weapon where – I just want to smoke a carton. 
after seeing right. Riggs yeah. smoke and the way he does it. And to that end, cocaine, too. Like, there's certain 100%. movies. Like, you watch Pulp Fiction. And yeah. when Uma Thurman accidentally snorts heroin rather yeah. than cocaine, mm-hmm. you're like, I've never put anything in my nose, much less right. tissue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a horror. But then there's scene. movies like Lethal Weapon where you're like, I will do more cocaine than Scarface yes. after yeah. seeing this movie. Right. Yeah. So another, it just, there's one you know what else does that for me? Boogie Nights what makes me want to oh, do man, enough yes. coke to kill me. I'm the exact yeah. opposite. <laughs> I, I maintain. I'm the so there's, there's a scene where who's that hot older actress that's in Boogie Nights that is um, grooming? The, the uh, redhead. Uh, you know her. Uh, Julianne, uh, Julianne Moore. Yeah, Julianne yeah. Moore. Yeah. There's a scene where she's like, like, uh, uh, fucking, um, Fucking uh, who's the, who's the guy? Uh, the Boston guy. We just uh, brought Mark him up. Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg's character has never done drugs before. She's sort of showing him how to do coke. She line. She shows the lines up. She goes, "All right," and you're gonna want to breathe into the back of your head. And then she uh. and they have this music playing, and it's just like it looks like so much fun, man. Yeah, that okay. would really turn a lot of people into doing cocaine. And, uh, I see. Yeah. But, so, by the way, they made it so romantic. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but, 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 but by, but by the end listening. of that, by the end of that movie, I never wanted to touch <laughs> yeah. cocaine again. I mean, you remember her true. roller coaster? That's true. Actually, like, will you be my mom? I'll be your mom. And I just do. Oh yeah. I never lied. I'm like, that, I do. That's sort of the point. Drug. That's yeah. the point. That's the arc yeah. of that movie is like how drugs will be your downfall. That's but, how I know you're fucked up because that's, the movie is about yeah, cocaine I'm, I'm ruined everybody. About, listen, <laughs> listen. I'm talking about like the first third of the movie where you're really amped. Yeah, up. sure. That's always how that happens. You're thinking about Wahlberg's listen, fucking the, piece. You know, the first like, third of <laughs> the first third of Goodfellas is about how great it is to be a gangster. Like yeah. that's. I mean, that's little. That's that's what yeah. a movie is. It's it's setting you up to find out how not good the thing is by the end, and then it's well, just yeah. you making breakfast on cocaine, waiting for yes. an airport heist at the end of it, and freaking out. You think that helicopter's following us? Yeah. Or are you watching in the movie on your laptop doing cocaine in your underwear? <laughs> Guilty. Close, close to home. Get, getting ready for your podcast. <laughs> this Gene won't get out of my MacBook. What's going on? Oh my god! <laughs> uh, but so this has come up before too, and again another thing about these '80s movies. And this came up with uh, Karate Kid. So, because have you seen Cobra Kai? Have you seen Cobra Kai? I have not. I want it's, to. It's, yeah. it's, what a great idea. It's, I, I was very suspicious because Karate Kid means a lot to me. They did a, an unbelievably great job, and mm. I, it's really great. But bad guys, the, the bad teenagers in Cobra Kai from 2018, I'm thinking there's something off between them and the bad kids in Karate the 80s, Kid. In the Karate Kid. And I, it's cocaine energy versus like Paxil energy. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. Really what it is. So that the is bad so... guys are so fucking sc- like literally they're high school kids. <laughs> I'm gonna kill. They're saying I'm gonna kill you in front of their teachers, and the uh, teachers can't do anything. Uh, now it's like now the bullies have fucking gluten allergies. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like that's that a ener- great point. The, the movies too. There's something um like there's something again like what the screen captures that cocaine energy on screen is very exciting and very scary too like, and just like every proper 80s movie had that cocaine energy absolutely yeah, oh, yeah. Got it really you did. can really see how yeah. it permeated even culture. even sitcoms i mean miami vice and yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. like yeah. those well, we, well, we did we did thief and my friend gideon came on thief is james Con movie from and he's talking about miami vice it was uh thief is directed by michael mann who who then went ran uh, Miami Vice and he's like he's like yeah I love Miami Vice he goes we would get an eight ball and me and my friends would watch it on Friday. I'm like oh, yeah. what? Was, that, that, wow I didn't see that coming but yeah. um yeah it's it, that light the pace and the lifestyle and everything about it was the like excess fueled of the by yeah, everything yeah. was an exclamation point which is in this everything movie was too. an exclamation and the, point and the thing is I'm, I'm not a drug guy at all I actually me neither we were when we were talking about we, I were, like we were talking about gambling. I actually gambled stone sober because I was like, "Look at these losers! Wow. They're drunk at the blackjack table." I'm here to make money. Of well, course, yeah, so I, you're I, just a loser. So you lose everything. Sober, <laughs> but 
I um, seeing, that's why they drink to numb it. Yeah. So so I was never in into that, but I can definitely see the the attraction and the, and the lifestyle and, and all the stuff that it it kind of created. And the thing now is, the thing that weirds me out now is like, why does everybody have to be mellow all the time? What's wrong with like a little frantic with, energy? Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Every, everyone is doing things now to make themselves mellow, which is weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like I I feel like my friends and people around me sometimes are like. They're like, whoa, you're like being – I'm like, no, this is just my energy. Well, and there's a, such a nostalgia for that that that's why there's so many expendables because it, like right, it's yeah. all these people that sort of miss that manic 80s thing. You're talking about the fans and of our podcast. Think, yeah, and I don't think <laughs> – Old men. I, I, I'm not exactly a huge for. expendables fan, but I get the need for that because there just isn't anything like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And the expendables is just like, remember this? Well, here we are older doing the same thing. Well, yeah, the nostalgia is for that time period. Now. Oh, yeah. It's, for, it's, even, it's actually – weirdly now it's becoming like 90s 90s nostalgia is Huge. Completely. So, uh, that's my generation. Which is it's heartbreaking. Generation. It's always retroactively twenty years out. You yeah. Know? So yeah. we've arrived that's at that area point. where it's like the nineties is the, now. The, the well, I was thing. born in ninety two and I'm twenty seven, so I know that's young to you guys. But like twenty seven is is you know I'm almost thirty. And I wasn't even born in 1990, so to me, the 90s are my nostalgia. Oh, of I mean, course. of course it yeah. is, right? right. That's how like, it works. Boy Meets World is nostalgic, nostalgic for yeah, me. For, like, for me too, though. I okay, mean, just right. a decade older. Right. I mean, it's still like pubescent. Yeah, and, Seinfeld like, even is nostalgic. For exactly. Me, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. weird to think about how much time Friends. has passed. When it's yeah. like you know, and how much has changed. Pulp Fiction too. came out 25 years. That's ago. That's right. Oh, yeah, makes me want to put a bowl in my Appetite for Destruction came out 34 years. ago. Wait, what'd you say, Bill? What'd you say, Bill? Uh, wait, no. Uh, Makes you want to uh, what? Put a bowl in my head. It's <laughs> <laughs> called broadcasting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well well done, done, Alex. You know, I, you know, let's not make the setup too obvious, but <laughs> can you too repeat late. that joke? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> she delivered that line so good. It's just some the cop. man is suicidal. It's amazing. It's the cop therapist that's like briefing Danny Glover on on Mel. And, and, and what is everything. what is Danny Glover? Uh, he is. He's always. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. And he continued to be too old for this shit for three more sequels. Oh, uh, well, that, <laughs> that, t- that caught on like wildfire. Like, oh, yeah. Sort of like Indiana Jones. Right. Oh, yeah. He just progressively gets older and older by the movie, man. I can see the wanting to get the friends back together kind of thing with these movies. But it's also like, I. Um, I just was uh, not to uh, brag, but I was just in Allentown, Pennsylvania for a weekend. Oh, oh, uh, I'm seeing a comedy show. Wow, fancy Billy Joel. And mm-hmm. so that was my first, uh, my first time that comedy paid for a hotel room. Oh, nice. very nice. So I got that's cool. That's I got cool a miles. room. Yeah. At, I got a room at the Ramada in Allentown, PA. And when I was checking out, I said, "You know what? I don't want to ever forget the feeling of being excited for the first time. I got a free room at the Ramada." Yeah. Uh, you because, will because of comedy. <laughs> yeah, and then I was thinking, I was like, you know, some of these guys are like, oh god, I got to do another Fast and Furious movie for ten million dollars. <laughs> like, you can't help yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever your reality is, then it becomes. Oh know, yeah, I'm already. There's already things that I was doing three months ago for the first time and nervous about that have become old hat. Right, right. right. I'm like, all right, I got to drive to Allentown another time. But it's like it, that's just that's human nature. So I can see like both sides where it's like. Yeah, let's get you know, let's get the friends back together and make another Lethal Weapon movie. Like we're sure. we don't we don't need the money. We don't need we're just we're just a bunch of guys who like working together. What what's what's the harm in in doing this one more time? But then I can also see the people like, 
oh my god, I'm so tired of doing a Lethal Weapon movie. It's like, yeah, well, oh, is, it, is, it a hard, is it a hardship? Is it a hardship for you to get $10 million? No to, kidding. To do a movie? Like, well, let's talk about what just recently happened with the Empire actor. I, mean, I, I think oh, you were telling me he was making, god. someone was telling me he was 65000 per episode. That per wow. episode. Yeah. And he was, and was and complaining, complaining about that. Complaining. Oh my god. Oh, and as you do, you orchestrate a fake hate crime. I mean, that's what I do when it's I want insane. more money. You allegedly yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, totally. So, but to your point, I mean, the, it's. I think it's the, the, the monotony of it and then like the flat, like, level of oh this is just what's happening they get bored and they want to do more things and, and so it's fake not a hate crime yeah. so fake yes. a hate crime yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, it's really crazy yeah as I mean, much we did as touch i on it. as much as i hate this sentence i was on twitter last night mm, I, just hate that, I hate that sentence but i got into like a little like twitter debate even worse sentence yeah um, about whether die hard or lethal weapon is more of a christmas movie Oh, right. and yeah, I yeah, yeah. maintain that Lethal Weapon is more of a Christmas movie mm. because Die Hard, you got John McClane in a building, Nakatomi Plaza, and it is Christmas Eve, and that is part of the part of the movie. But in Lethal Weapon, Christmas is a plot point from the beginning, yeah, yeah. the middle, and to That's the true. end, and right. it's a the, huge plot point. The movie yeah, opens it with is it Rocking Around the Christmas Tree? Is that yes. the yes. Yeah. It and literally she's, opens oh yeah, with tits that. out. Yeah. What's her name? And and yeah. and yeah. Die Hard ends with a Christmas song, which I can't think of what it is right now. So both in a weird way, they kind of mirror each other that way. Um, yeah, no, that. it's it's. They and, and Shane Black, I actually heard it in an interview. It's like you know, Christmas is a time where it's you know your families and your happiness, but for the people who are lonely, they're extra extra lonely at Christmas lonely. time. Yeah. So right. it's that's yeah. why he sets his. Well, that's why he's suicidal. He's putting the gun in his mouth yeah. because he's thinking of his dead wife. And then what does he find? Christmas. And yeah. he finds this perfect family that, right. that he yeah. matches up with. But he right. doesn't. And and that's why like the scene like again the clip is in our intro music. To me, the scene that's that the scene is, after the first family is dinner. the movie is. Mel Gibson experiences Danny Glover's uh, family for the first time. They're still kind of like two dogs circling around each other. They're not quite sure how they feel about each other. And Mel Gibson is leaving, and he Danny Glover now is ha- like you can see his energy has changed because he's just spent time with his family. So he's not letting Mel Gibson get to him in that moment. He's to- if you look at him, he's like totally like at ease in that moment. And Mel Gibson takes that moment to reveal himself to Danny Glover. He mm-hmm. goes, "Listen, he goes, the only thing I've ever been good at." Is killing people. Yeah. And it's such an ami- And that, to me, that's the scene that makes the movie. Mm. Like, that's really what the movie is about, is these two guys who don't like each other, don't know each other, and they have to come together, and they, they, ter- they turn out to love each other, really. Right. Yeah. And then Danny Glover uses his wife's cooking to, like, see if he's lying or, so, yeah, or see, yeah, yeah. seeing if Mel Gibson's a liar. Yeah, yeah, that's a great he point. He checks yeah, him yeah. right after that. So yeah. that it's a movie that is actually very honest about male relationships. Yes. Because when you're an adult... That is accurate. Huh. That is that's very, That's interesting to hear as a woman. Accurate. I've never heard that so, before. And I, that's absolutely. That's a learning experience. I experienced this. It's very hard we do as, as an adult <laughs> male to make new friends. Like, I see, like, my... You know, most of my friends and family members who are married, their friends become the husbands of their wives' friends. Right. Yes. So like that. So or it's somebody that you work with. So you get transferred at work. All of a sudden, you know, when I was working at one restaurant, all those people were my friends. And then I left that restaurant. I don't hear from those people anymore. Right. And now I'm in another place. And those are my like all my comedy friends are people that I've known for a year or less. And these are the people that I spend all of my time with now. Yeah. So this movie is very like it actually it does a really good job of showing you like male relationships. Hmm. And, I, and, I agree. and now that I think about it, Mel Gibson could have become Gary Busey. That's another oh, thing that yeah. this movie is about. Like he could. Well, it, it definitely shows that he could have yeah. been. Yeah, he could have gone they're, down. They're that almost, path well at, at the end when they fight. 
it's almost like a mutually agreed upon. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're not going to arrest you right now. Let's fight it out. Like, which is jujitsu style. Ridiculous. It's amazing. Though. It is with the cops circling them. I know. Like, yeah. I mean, that's straight yeah. toxic masculinity, it's, right? <laughs> it's the best kind it's, of masculinity. It, it, it's hilarious that he they drive a cop car through a house, and then everyone's like, "All right, but let's fight it out first. Yeah. Like, guys, guys, you just killed like seventy five yeah. people. Like, exactly. Mel, Mel's like, "Hold off. Let me take my shirt off." Yeah, oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't have it on the whole time. That's it was correct. Like, well, it was, like, it was like open, yeah. and he has to just like, take the rest of it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Slips right out of it. And he's uh, he's all in the dirt, just rolling around. Yeah, and yeah. He, I think yeah. it's very erotic. He's using like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I think, before it was ever in a yeah. movie. Before. squeezing he's doing, people like, to ar- death with his arm legs. bars, and like, yeah, whole, like, there's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu hole. Wow. Right. Well, and I just love, like, that was also, and that might have been one of the first movies where, like, the uh, actors, like, travel around with the cops, the real LA cops, to see what it's like. And they like, make a point of that if you, like, look up the making of Lethal Weapon about how much research they did and stuff like that to make mm. it as accurate as possible. Well, that whole end scene, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All of the entire LAPD is not going to just circle around and be like, all right, let them fight it out. Yeah. Uh, we all got our guns on, but, you know, let's just let them do their... Brazilian jiu-jitsu it's on each crazy. other for as, five, five minutes. And take 3,500. <laughs> as silly as it is, it does illustrate that point that sort of they are equals but opposites, like Busey and uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Because they're, they're like... I described Tosh and I. Completely. <laughs> and also, Daniel? she did tell me that one one time <laughs> Tosh whispered in my ear. Daniel Tosh. Oh, sorry. Oh, my nickname's uh, Tosh. Uh, oh, I was going to uh, say, what? Oh, and also Daniel Tosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. But, uh, and also one time she whispered in my ear. I'm pretty like, The only thing I'm good at is killing people. Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? God uh, damn it, this was in secrecy. Did you go to, like, the fame high school? Yeah. What's going no, on? Yeah, well, I didn't. And why do it's I have like, a boner? What's fuck? It's like, one. Is your dick bone, like, up and Dick root? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Are you rooting out? We're dick root out, yeah. <laughs> One time I took out a ballet dancer at a thousand yards. <laughs> it's the only thing I've ever been good at. She withered away. <laughs> it was amazing. She was mid she was mid audition and I fucking took her out. All of, all, <laughs> she was dancing on a car. All of eighty eight pounds. <laughs> Put her in an arm. Fucked bar. up toes, you know. That's how they are. <laughs> oh man, I find this hilarious. Yeah. I love it. This yeah. is all I ever want to do. This this is the only thing I've ever been good at. <laughs> You're very good at it. It's talking about movies. That's really my only talent. I'm still tr- Flaky, so well, well, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's go into like kind of background. And so you're, uh, is it so? Is it a because po- Kevin referred to Kevin Brennan, who I just met recently, referred to Burning Bridges as a podcast. But is it a podcast or it's is a it a video podcast, subscriber based? Although we have free Mondays for people that are. Looking oh, at yeah. I didn't know that. Plug. Um, yeah, it's. God, that was well, the best way to describe it. I could um, try. Yeah, so, but it's, it's subscription. Could, it's it's a, a, Kumia Network created by Anthony. Kumia. It's a it's yeah. a network of of. You could call them podcast shows, but they're video yeah. podcasts on air, on air, air podcast, live, yeah. I guess, right? Or, or do we have edited? Yeah. And morning is very well produced. Right. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it yes. is. Though. No, it it's is. Though. It truly is. Um, it is. And, and it's, you know, would you say that you are the host of the morning show for that network? Is that how yeah. you would put it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like you run a morning show. But you, you started out in print and then moved to TV. Is that right? Well, you- I uh, was basically – how I met Anthony Cumia was I used to have this very late night uh, show on Fox News. Don't hold it against me, America. Are you uh, not allowed to and- say the name? Uh, it was called Red Eye. Red Eye, yeah. dude. I was a big fan. You oh, always had like my yeah, favorite yeah, comedians yeah. on growing up. I used to. Uh, that's how I met them all. Yeah, yeah man. I've been a big fan of yours. So, uh, yeah. Oh, God bless you. Hey, man. It Someone's got to uh, be. It was sort of like <laughs> a parody of panel shows, and Kumia would come on a lot. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how much I can say about this, but like, <laughs> we had this bar right next to uh, News Corp. 
And uh, I know Kumi, what it is. Kumi and I would sometimes have the Greg sessions. Now, Opie's real name is Greg. Oh, and I my, may or may not have worked for a guy named Greg, and we would sort of vent ah. about our various Gregs that we have to deal with. And uh, <laughs> we became friends with that while getting plastered. And then when Kumi started this, they approached me for doing this awesome. show. Nice. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh man, walking on Greg shells. Yeah, I know all about it. Oh, <laughs> well played. Greg oh, that was Kumia. Let me yeah. not steal that. Yeah, that's yeah, Kumia. Kumia. Oh. I can't credit myself. Kumia would talk about coming in every morning with yeah. Opie and be like, I'm walking on Greg shells. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. It definitely didn't hit home for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I think Danny Glover liked Mel Gibson more after he said the N word than Anthony Kumia likes Opie. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think accurate. that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. That is accurate. <laughs> so you never know. You never Never know yeah, what never looks know. what looks like a, biz- a business relationship sometimes or a work relationship <laughs> is not as good as it seems. Just yeah. like a marriage. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, and then Joanne Nosachinsky, she was Miss New York 2013, Ooh. and she replaced me on Red Eye after I was mutually we mutually agreed to part ways. Okay, that's non disclosure talk uh, right there. <laughs> um, and the running our graphic at the beginning of the show is me and Joanne and our whatever song we have, and then she's pouring poison into my cup. And I drink the cup, and then I die, and then all of a sudden it's just morning with Joanna Sachinsky as she goes into the middle. And that's the running joke is that she's out to get this job as well <laughs> after she got my job on Red Eye. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yes. It's what we call a callback, right? Yes. yes. A callback to no one who gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's watching like, why is she poisoning it? It's a very, like, ab- no, 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 very right. abstract yeah. in, uh, intro for a morning yeah. show. We are – we're, oh we're nothing if not not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking great. Yeah. Like that. We really own our shittiness. Yeah. <laughs> and Natasha, you so you guys know each other from sort of the media New York media world. Yeah, from and the print print media world yeah, from publishing. like nearly two mm-hmm. decades ago, if not yeah, twenty years. But. And wow. you're, so you're just starting a new job, and that's why you can't talk about uh, it. Or? Yeah, yeah. Let's go with yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's. Uh, I, I mean. Majority of, as he mentioned, like I've worked in a lot of different uh, different periodicals, and like well to the point where I've said periodicals and sometimes like no, um, and I'm I love print. I, I when that whole thing was coming about where you know print was dying, yeah. they, they're now saying the same of terrestrial radio, and that's, oh, yeah. that's not the case at all. Actually, yeah. there's just a resurgence, just like you know it's cyclical, mm. um, but in you know I like ma- I worked at both the magazines and in newspapers. I would say. I prefer newspapers for the newsworthiness of it, you know, and then plus also the timeline. I like magazines for the drugs. Yeah, right. Uh, right, And the scent strips. Yes. So you can finally say you take a shower. (laughs) I I still, I I still romanticize newspapers. Like I said, my first job was working at a newspaper. I remember like going in the newsroom for the first time. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about the, uh, going back to archaic, um, it sounds so old, but Mm -hmm. going back to archaic times, it's like the idea of how having like a hard copy of a newspaper Mm -hmm. and like having your coffee and like that whole setup. Beating your wife. Yeah. <laughs> With the newspaper, yeah, sure, we're old up. Yeah. We're your dog. It's not about being old, but we're Sorry. we're in that generation that really made that transition. Because you know, right. my, you know, my my parents have you know cell phones now, but like they were kind of beyond the change. Where the change, like literally, like from the time we started working mm-hmm. to where we were like five or ten years into our careers, there's like a major shift. In the technology well, that we're the, totally. we're the last generation that remembers what it was like before the internet, and that is a huge divide. Yeah, huge. Uh, yeah like, absolutely. I was like, uh, yeah. how old would you say is the cutoff for that? Because I remember a time, like I, my first ten years of my life, I didn't. We weren't. We didn't have anything. Yeah, although you you, AOL dial-up uh, dial was around it, in the early nineties. It was, yeah. but it. If you remember back then, it wasn't a staple. 
and kids didn't have access to it. We didn't. We really didn't. We grew no, up, that's true. I grew yeah. up playing outside. I mean, maybe I was mm-hmm. not a city kid You're or last. something. Yeah, but that's why I really do think I'm, I'm ve- 27, maybe like 24 is like where that changes. I'm, it could be right on the border, but I all my friends – we all grew up playing football outside, riding bicycles, like doing normal stuff. And then in high school and, and maybe even like sixth, seventh grade when we started wanting to fuck each other and stuff, we were on AIM and stuff. But that was like the very beginning of it. I remember it yeah. being like 13, 12, 13. So I had a childhood without I think it. in that time yeah. frame, it, it's based on geography because city folk True. would disagree. Like, True. I'm sure Manhattan kids would be like, yeah, sure. we were fucking, yeah, we we're doing coke off our laptops. And I mean, look at, remember yeah. the movie Kids. Yeah, oh kids my God. for me as a, as a New Yorker born That's and bred, and of that that age group, mm-hmm. I mean, was a groundbreaker, mm-hmm. and uh, nothing had ever been shown before, filmed before, and exposed before about the inner workings of New York City. It was a little and like it, Rent; everyone had AIDS at the end. Exactly, yeah. but this was <laughs> <laughs> and they broke out into song. Yeah, and bed bugs. But I mean, <laughs> oh no, I gave you AIDS. Oh, yeah, no, bed I, bugs is the new AIDS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny. So I, I grew up uh, like I grew up in this city in Jersey, and then we moved to a farm when I was twelve. Wow, and no cable, no. I actually, I like it's I said, it's like, like, I, fi- I finally had like the cool stuff for school for the first day of sixth grade. What do you mean the cool stuff? Like uh, red suede feelers, high tops. Oh my god! Uh, skits pants and fresh jive, like an orange fresh jive t-shirt. I show up first day of school. Everyone's like, "What are you wearing?" Like they had no mm-hmm. idea what any of this stuff was. And I was like, "No, I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like this is the cool stuff." They were wearing that stuff three years later. And so, but then I always had like this kind of connection to the city. So I made my like country friends watch kids when we were like 16 and my friend Jeff's mom, my friend, my friend Jeff's mom was making us cookies in the kitchen. Mm. And she's like, oh, should I come in with the cookies? No, 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 Mrs. Caldwell, we'll come over there. We'll get them for you. (laughs) And, but yeah, it's like that, that was that, there was that period where I was like, you know, it was, and I joke about it now. It's like. We didn't have anything. We didn't have cable, all that stuff. Now my brother actually lives out there, and he's got like the FedEx truck coming up. He's got all the shit. Oh, yeah. I live in East Harlem. I can't get delivery because my buzzer's broken on my building. So like, what is the benefit of living in the city? You know what I mean? Like, right. He's literally got packages coming up the driveway, and I – Well, Peter, life isn't all package delivery. No, but, no, but that's a, but that's a it's lot – It's Amazon. No, but a lot yeah. of that is that I don't have Wi-Fi. So, my, what's the point of even living in New York City I don't have your buzzer's broken? I don't have Wi-Fi. It's not that big a deal, man. No, but you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it is, it is access to stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's um, why I like living on the street level. My buzzer like, kind of – They just go in, into your yeah, window yeah, no. and just hand it. Like a totally. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I've had that. When I get drugs delivered oh, – oh, uh, when I get drugs delivered <laughs> here – Sorry, Mom, again. Uh, they, yeah, I, I sort of just have them knock on the window now. Throw it through the window. It's like a drive through It's pretty cool. I was just going to say, it's pick up the I like it. Yeah. Nice. Well, is there anything else you guys want to plug while you're here? Uh, what do you got, Don? I think uh, I've recently done some makeup tutorials. Oh, yes. Online? Us, uh, online through uh, a good buddy of ours. Seven Chaperon. Uh, it's I- called Mind Your Beauty. And even if you're not into makeup... Just smoke a joint and watch the makeup tutorial. It's oh, yeah. oddly calming. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. It is. Seven is a very calming person. So, yeah. and she's incredible. And so, and, where can you find him? Uh, on her uh, YouTube, YouTube page. Fans. Yeah, just type in "Mind Your Beauty." And there you go. Natasha. Not that she needs it, but she gets a great makeover on it. It's hypnotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, check that out. Um, Hell yeah, that's that's what I got all for now. I like that. Uh, and and build. Yeah, just. Give it one more plug God, for morning. Morning, morning. Uh, compound media, 10 30, It's a great show, Thursday. guys. I've been watching um, oh, thanks, some buddy. of the catalogs. Yeah, we no. try. We try. Well, you um, have some of my friends on, so I love watching my friends on camera. It's cool. 
Nice. Oh, actually, I got to book Keanu again. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm also the booker. Have, 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 have these guys done your show yet? They're going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, three, the three of us should do it together. I, th- I would yeah. love to do nice. that. That would be amazing. Let's also, go. just growing up with listening to Opie and Anthony, like to say that I have done a compound show would be a real like like personal achievement for mine. Honestly, Aww. honestly, you got to get you got to dream sincere. bigger. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I know that people would would hear that and be like, oh, whatever. But to me, it is such a it's the it's the reason I started doing comedy. Like, like those guys. He's on one of the funniest people I ever. Met. He's yeah, one of the funniest yeah, people okay. I've ever heard talk. Just naturally, he's hilarious, dude. Um, his Andrew Dice Gay. I mean, I could go. <laughs> there's so I'm Andrew Dice Gay. Oh, <laughs> I mean, the whole bit is just that's the whole bit is just Andrew Dice Gay. He goes on for eight minutes, and it's it's it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Well, and you know, him and, and Patrice is him making Patrice laugh. Oh, oh God. God, R.I.P. Oh, uh, well, and my brother. Uh, Alfred Schultz, he works at SiriusXM, okay. and he, and you know, obviously Kumia was there with Opie for a while, yeah. and Alfred's got a killer Kumia impression, and really? I remember one time, uh, my brother and Kumia were hanging out, and I was like, Alfred, you gotta do it, and Alfred wanted to kill me, because like, oh, he yeah. barely knew Kumia. Well, first oh, yeah. of all, you put him on the spot. Yeah, you really uh, fucked that up. Oh, that's yeah. fucked up. And as yeah. a fan of Kumia's, I know exactly like the, how he must have felt. Also, Kumia is one of the best impressionists of all time. Yes. You're not going to do a good impression of him. Are you and I, can, I can't do an impression of Kumia, but I could do kind of an impression of Alfred doing one. And so Alfred's just sitting it. there being really meager, and he's like, ugh, oh, that's no. a terrible terrible <laughs> I, you're being terrible oh do i sound like oh, 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 oh. it's not bad oh dummy yeah <laughs> dummy stupid stupid and i'm having alfred do this yeah. on a loop and alfred's just looking at me like oh. I'm fired <laughs> and kumi's just being like oh i do sound like that <laughs> oh, oh. Hey, he's got, i've met i've met kumi a few times outside Same. the stand he's got yeah. a great sense of humor oh, he's a really he, nice guy. he yeah. really is like he's very misunderstood by a lot of people but yeah. I, I think uh, yeah, when I met him, he, he's super nice. Didn't have to be nice to me. Very nice guy. And and just like seriously a radio genius, like like legitimately in my opinion. So, yeah, he, uh, he's he's very good. I guess a does. lot of people like look up to Howard Stern or stuff like a lot of people are Stern fans. But for me, that's Anthony Cumia. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. know, he's my Howard Stern, I guess. Yeah. So so for that's a lot, a lot of, of wonderful praise. Well, you know. I'll suck him off. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever it takes. If that'll get me a raise, <laughs> suck away, my friend. Suck away. Yo, tell like, me whose dick I got to suck. I got you. You're like, you're like, listen, Anthony, I know we're having a contract negotiation, but I have a friend I want to introduce you to. <laughs> I'm just sitting there with my mouth open. Exactly. <laughs> and just visualize it being a shirtless Mel Gibson getting tortured, yeah. uh, and it'll be cool. What's with the wet sponges and the electrical uh, Hey, man, whatever you're into. And the dick bones. What's happening? Yeah. Root. <laughs> oh man, this is this has been a great episode. Honestly, it's my favorite episode. I gotta say, <laughs> dude, we talked about everything. Yeah, you I had some it. female like uh, I was gonna in, say in Natasha makes Thanks, everything guys. better. Honestly, no. I'm so happy that we, no, it's a great surprise and you've you added awesome. so much. It's been awesome. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And uh, I just have a few things to plug. Do you have anything? Uh, I'm forgetting right now. So you okay? You do it, yeah, I have a uh, next. So Thursday, March. I believe it's March seventh, but let me double check when Thursday is. Thursday, March 7th, I'll be in Atlantic City doing Atlantic City Comedy Club at Tropicana. Opening, nice. I'm featuring for Reg Thomas, our good friend. Nice. He was on our Ferris Bueller episode. Um, and oh, then, I love that one. It, it's a good one. And then um, March 20th, I have my show at V Spot, Aggressively Chill. I produce it with Dean David. Uh, we're going to have a few people on. Peter's going to be on there. So nice. it's going to be fun. Uh, it's just free show, two item minimum. 
and uh, that's going to be great. And then March twenty, March twenty second, Friday, March twenty second, I'm opening up for the Reverend Bob Levy, uh, at in Yonkers. Let me find the website real quick. I'm really bad at my own plugs. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just starting to get work where I get paid, so like I'm learning how it's to. Good feeling. I'm, yeah. It is, but I'm also learning that I suck at remembering shit. Okay, it's um, it's called Gene Din Gene Wow, very Italian, so Italian. Central Stage, uh, and it's uh, centralstagenewyork.com. That's where you can get tickets. March twenty second, seven p.m. Nice. Peter, um, I got a show coming up uh, March thirteenth in Bloomfield, New Jersey, at the Woo-hoo. Town Pub. Nice. And then I'll probably have some other dates uh, at Governors and in Pennsylvania. I just don't have those. Yeah, check check them out yet. at Governors. If yeah, you, I, if I've you been live doing there. that club nice. a lot. Uh, Kevin James dropped in. Uh, the other Hell night yeah. there. Wow. It was awesome. While he's on stage, uh, Adam Sandler called him just randomly. Oh, that's great. And he goes, hey, you guys want to talk to Adam Sandler? And <laughs> he puts awesome. he puts the mic to the phone, and Adam Sandler goes, guys, you got to let Kevin try his new jokes. He's working <laughs> on stuff. And the audience went nuts. Killing from a phone. Yeah, <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That place is great. I, I love mean, that club. Governors, I, I got to get in so there. That, so that Anthony yeah. Cumia Italian Long Island comedic energy is Let, like – We could say what it is. Racist. You know. no, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, just a slight. Yeah. I, I – <laughs> Uh, you just mentioned um, "Make America Great Again" in that club, <laughs> and just the response is different. Oh like, God! Even if you don't oh, go yeah. into it, wow. they just you know where you stand with the with the audience. Well, literally, if I say Trump at a show in New York City, it, I mean people start like bristling and almost wanting to leave. Even if I haven't said anything yet, I, I, that's why I, I don't do political. I say jokes. a joke that like yeah. touches on yes. racism, but obviously, like it kind of turns in a way. But the well, you se- got it. Yeah. the setup. Yeah. It kind of touches on a racist topic, mm-hmm. and I, I say, you know, you know, a lot of people get offended when I say that. And mm-hmm. I, in Long Island, I always go, "Not any of you people, though." Like I can tell, like yeah. none of you are offended by this, right? But yeah. if I do the same joke in the village, oh, you can't have that. Line. I got to explain. <laughs> I got to explain what I'm about to do. Yeah, yeah, you've got to like, like, be they're, preemptive they're, with it. They're pu- puckering up in and, Long and Island. They're, like, and, and, they're and, like, "No, finally, we want to talk <laughs> about this." And you can't even, you can't even, even, you can't even bring it up in Brooklyn. I mean, oh, God, no. worst bomb I ever had. I didn't even I didn't even know what I was saying was offensive, but I think I said the word gay like the oh, way no. I've always said the word gay just oh, growing. No. And I had I had someone like lecture me after the show. It was the first oh, time. Brooklyn, I, of course. Unbelievable. Yeah. But like I'm their age. It's like, yeah, I don't understand. I don't I don't get it. Our, our friend, our friend yeah, Alex crazy. Carabano, who's I love him. Colombian, Shouts out. Yeah. did a joke about being in like lockup for the night. Okay. And they said it was race. He's like, I didn't even touch on race. How is that racist? He was just talking about being in prison. I guess like he wow. did a voice or something. And they're like, that's right. He's like, no, no, that's the That's way, the person that's that was the next to me. That's the way the guy sounded. Right. <laughs> so well, in fairness, he prefaced it with a lot of M-bombs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even need it. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 unnecessary. So this so guy weird. that was fucking Mel like Gibson's Tourette's. wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we love you, Alex. Yeah. Thanks for letting me produce the show at your club. Shout out to Alex Carbano. No, he's a very funny guy. Guys, this has been another great episode of Kill You Last. Really yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. This was fun. Such so a good time. And hopefully, you know, we can pick another movie and we'll have you back It's really time. the only topic I can speak of of any authority. Just 80s flicks. That's I, pretty much all I got. That's you, true. It's not going to make me a millionaire. No. 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 But it's, it's going to make our fans love you. For okay, real. Good. And um, yeah, we'll plug all your in, uh, social media stuff in the description. If you want to plug it, go ahead. I, You know I will. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is going to be a blast. I will yeah. not add to your Twitter, though. Oh, uh, you're dead to me. But... <laughs> Hate him. <laughs> I'm suicidal, man. <laughs> I'm even quoting Greg. Thank you. <laughs> One more. <laughs> this has been a great episode of Kill You Last, and I am. What is Danny Glover? Oh, he is. Wait. That's right. 
That one's more sexual. All right. The oldest person in the room, I'm offended. Uh, all right. We are not too old for this shit. No. We, we will be back next time. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks.